Good morning. Good morning. If you would, open your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17. And we'll be looking at verses 24 through 27. Matthew 17, 24 through 27. The followers of Christ, in many instances, still have much to learn about him. For instance, we call him our Savior, we call him our Lord, but then we, we will not let him be Lord. We will not let him be Lord of our life. And we have problems turning our lives over to him and letting him be in control, letting him be Lord. But when you think about it, how can he be an effective Savior without being Lord? You know, many times we fail to realize his godhood. We fail to realize that he is the king of the universe, that he is the creator of all things. And as creator, as God, as Lord of our life, he needs to be in control of our life. And when we look at the disciples, the disciples were the same way. They had much to learn about Christ. Peter, especially, had much to learn about Christ. If you turn back to Matthew 16, and you look at verse 16, this is where he makes that grand statement about Christ. You know, Christ had, had asked, you know, who do, do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And the disciples started answering, oh, they say you're John the Baptist or you're Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And then Christ says, but who do you say that I am? And what did Peter say? He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. But then right after that, when Christ told them that he was going to be going into Jerusalem to be turned over to the the chief priests and the scribes and the Pharisees and that he would be crucified, Peter started saying, oh no, this can't happen. You know, don't let this happen. And, and then Christ rebukes him. But think about that. After all that Peter had seen, all the miracles he had witnessed, and then he says this, this statement about Christ being the Messiah and being the Son of God, he gets rebuked. And what we're about to look at is an instance that takes place after he even sees Christ transfigured. Peter had much to learn. Look at Matthew chapter 17, verses 24 through 27. It's written, and when they were come to Capernaum, they that received pole money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay pole money? He said, Yes. And when he was come into the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? 
Of whom do the kings of the earth take tribute or poll money? Of their children or of strangers? Peter said unto him, Of strangers. Then said Jesus unto him, Then are the children free. Nevertheless, lest we should offend them, go to the sea and cast in an angle and take the first fish that cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of twenty pence that take and give it unto them for me and thee. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Lord, we just thank you for this beautiful day that you have given us, a day that we could just come and worship and fellowship one with another. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we worship, that you would just speak through me and let the words that are spoken be your words. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with those that could not make it today, those that may be sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones, those that may be traveling. We just lift them up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. And again, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for all the many blessings that you have given us. And Lord, I just pray that if there is anyone here today that needs to make any decision, that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us and overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, Jesus and the disciples had traveled into Capernaum. And Capernaum is a city on the north side of the Sea of Galilee. They had, they had traveled into Capernaum, and when they arrived, these tax collectors come up and they start talking to Peter. And what they do is they ask Peter if Jesus pays the poll tax which was a temple tax that every Jew was to pay. And generally the, the poll tax was a, a drachma. It was pretty much two days worth of wages is how much this tax was. And each Jew was obligated to pay this tax. Now, if you look back in the Old Testament, this tax was first paid when they were building the tabernacle. This tax was collected for the building of the tabernacle. And then, once the Jews had been you know, driven from their land by the Babylonians, when they were back in the land and they were allowed to rebuild the temple this tax was again collected for the rebuilding of the temple. And during the time of Christ, this tax had become pretty much an annual tax. It was collected annually now. And when they ask Peter if Jesus pays this tax, you know, Peter, without thinking, what does he say? He says, yes. Jesus pays this tax. But when Peter leaves the tax collectors and goes into the house where they're staying, the Bible says that Christ prevented him or he anticipated. Pretty much he anticipated the confusion that was going on in Peter. So what Christ does is he asks Peter a question. But remember, 
just several days prior to this, Peter had made that great statement about Jesus being the Messiah, the Son of God. Then he had, several days after he makes that statement, he sees Christ transfigured. He had witnessed all of Jesus' miracles. He had heard all of Jesus' teachings. But Peter was confused. He was confused. I think he was confused about Jesus. He had much to learn about Christ. So look at what Peter or what Jesus asked Peter. He says, "What thinkest thou? What are you thinking?" Simon. Notice he didn't call Peter Petra or rock. He calls him Simon. What are you thinking, Simon? This was an intimate question that he didn't even use Peter's nickname. He wanted Peter to understand what he was about to say. He says, what are you thinking, Simon? What thinkest thou, Simon? Then he asked this question of whom do the kings of the earth take tribute or poll money? Of their children or of strangers? Of their own children or of their subjects? Who do they tax? So he's asking Peter, who do kings tax? Their children or subjects? What would the obvious answer be? The obvious answer would be they, they tax their subjects. Look over at England. The Queen of England does not tax her own children. She taxes her subjects. The subjects pay to support the royal family. So when you think about it, the kings will not tax their own children. They're going to tax their subjects. And that's what Peter answers. He says they collect the tax from strangers. So they're going to tax their subjects. But then look at Jesus' next statement. He says, then are the children free. Basically he's saying, then the children do not pay a tax. So what's the significance of this? Basically he's telling Peter, he's saying, Peter, you just said several days ago, that I am the Son of God. Because I am the Son of God, because I am God, the temple belongs to me. And since the temple belongs to me, I do not have to pay a tax to support it. Because it's my house. I mean, think about it. 
Since he is God, since he is the Son of God, he's free from paying this tax. The temple belonged to him. He owned the temple as well as everything in the universe. Think about that. Everything in the universe belongs to Jesus Christ. He owns everything. So he did not have to pay a tax. Jesus owns it all. So when we look at Peter, Peter still had much to learn about Christ. Even after his statement that Jesus is the Son of God, that he's the Messiah, even after seeing him transfigured, even after witnessing all the miracles. Now remember, he had been with Christ for three years. This is right before Christ was crucified. He had witnessed all these miracles. He had heard all these teachings. Yet he did not fully understand Jesus Christ. But this was true for all the disciples, if you think about it. All of the disciples did not fully understand Christ. I mean, what happens when Christ was betrayed in the garden? When when all the, the soldiers come to get Christ, all the disciples flee. How many times did Christ tell them, are you still without understanding? They didn't understand him. After seeing all the things that they had seen with Jesus, they still did not realize his Godhood. They did not realize who he truly is. And Simon Peter shows this in this passage of Scripture. He can make all the bold pronouncements but he still fails to understand. He still fails to understand and realize the relationship that Jesus has with the Father. He fails to realize that Jesus is the Son of God and God the Son, that he is God and the creator of all things. You see, he... He says all of these things with his mouth. He wasn't saying it with his heart. He still had much to learn. So what happens next? Look at what Jesus tells him to do. Jesus tells him to go to the Sea of Galilee and go fishing. Take a line and a hook and cast it into the, to the sea and the first fish that you catch, open its mouth and you're going to find this tax money. And then take that and go pay the tax for you and I. 
So, why such a spectacular miracle? Just to get a tax to pay. Now think about what Jesus had just told Peter. He says, you know, the kings of the earth are the ones that tax their subjects. The children are free from this tax. But then he says, so we won't offend the, the Jews. I want you to go do this. But instead of just taking the money from the bag that Judas carried and paying the tax, he has Peter go catch a fish. And then the money would be in the mouth of the fish. What do you think he's doing here? What he's doing is, is he's showing Peter that he is God. That's what he's doing. He's again proving his deity to Peter. Peter, you just saw me on the on the Mount of Transfiguration being transfigured and Moses and Elijah coming and speaking with me, you heard the voice of God, the Father, coming down from heaven telling you to listen to me. But I'm going to prove it to you again. So I want you to go and catch this fish and when you pull the fish in, it's going to have this money in its mouth and it's going to be enough to pay this tax. Now think about that. The money was enough to pay the tax for both Christ and Peter. It had a shekel coin in its mouth. So what Christ was doing is he was driving home the point with Peter of who he is. Why? Because Peter still had much to learn about Christ. He still had much to learn. You know, Peter had made great pronouncements, yet he still didn't have heart knowledge. And we see this again when Peter denies him. He still did not have heart knowledge of Christ. But you know, many Christians are the same way. Many Christians are the same way. You know, we can make bold statements. Many of us have head knowledge of Christ, but we don't have heart knowledge of him. And how do we know this? Because our lives show it. Because we're, we're fickle. And in some instances, we're wishy-washy. We go back and forth. If our lives were to really show a life that has been changed by Jesus Christ, we wouldn't be fickle. We wouldn't be wishy-washy in our faith. Our life would reflect that we belong to Christ 
and our life would reflect that we let him be Lord. And that's what he wants. He wants to be Lord of our life. Think about it. We say that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We say that we believe He is God and the Creator of all things. We say that He is our Savior. We even say that He is our Lord. But how much does our life reflect this? How much does it show that we believe this? If we say He is our Savior and Lord, we must let Him be our Savior and Lord. If we say that He is God, we must let Him be God. And that means we are to let Him be in control. We must follow His commands. Our actions should reflect what we believe. Our life should reflect the teachings of Christ. Our life should show a life changed by Jesus Christ. All we know and all we must learn about Jesus Christ is found in the Word of God. Now think about this. Peter had much to learn about Christ. We still have much to learn about Christ. But what we can learn right now is found here in his word. So we have no excuse not to learn. We have no excuse not to show a life changed by Him. All we know and must learn about Christ is found in His Word. So we must let Him change us. We must let Him dwell in us. And we must let Him use us for His kingdom, following His commands. Our life, our actions should show a life changed by Jesus Christ. And it should show that we have learned about him and we know him and that we are letting him be God. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you for this day that you have provided. I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I just pray that you would be with us as we go into this time of invitation. Lord, if there's anyone here that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their heart. Just continue to be with us and overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.